This episode is brought to you by Iconic Luxury Streetwear. Iconic Luxury Streetwear is a multidisciplinary experiment founded by the Tava Brothers, established in 2020. A clothing brand that has a thesis of a vision birthed reality, rooted in God created all in his image. Get your merchandise at IconicLuxuryStreetwear.com. Buddy, welcome to another episode of Iconic Conversations, a countercultural podcast that brings together innovators, community builders, and world changers for authentic dialogue on the human experience, sparking curiosity, vulnerability, and empathetic connection to the world. I'm your host, Tanaki Shasutala, and today I have two very special guests, two badass female entrepreneurs who are builders who are working on the future of sustainability and bringing manufacturing domestically back to the United States. Um, Brie, more specifically, sorry, Ashley, is very special and dear to my heart because um, we met while I was in Austin, while I was working at Capital Factory, and the way that we got connected was through a cold email. And since the day I met her, she captivated me with her energy and her enthusiasm to leave an impact on the world. I'm very humbled to have the, both the Chief Executive Officer and the Chief Operating Officer of Enact. Welcome to the show, y'all. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. And I, we're so excited to be here and I'm so glad it's taken a minute for us to get schedules aligned, but I'll never forget meeting you and having the conversation on the 16th floor of the Omni and saying, this is the future. And we were, everyone was obsessed with crypto and tech and we were like, no and i think it was like a kanye west um lyric or infographic and it was like i want to like see real people making food and clothes and manufacturing and we both immediately connected and you were like i get the vision i get it and i was like oh praise be like no one else ever wants to reach that far understand that full concept so i'm so grateful for your ability to understand founders visions and to help support us along the way yeah, once a founder, always a founder. So I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I definitely want to just get a jump right into it. So um, for the audience, for the people that don't know, please explain what Enact is and um, why you decided to start building this company. Yeah, so Enact is short for an act of kindness, an act of goodwill. I wanted to build a movement within the brand because I felt like that gave us a lot of opportunity to connect with as many people as possible, um, as opposed to just saying focused on hemp towels or you know, just um, one market. Like the product is designed to touch anyone who uses a towel, which is everyone. So we wanted the brand to be inclusive as well and inspire movement and action. And so that was where that came from. And the reason why it was an act came into existence was because of my background working for apparel brands and seeing the impact of the manufacturing industry on people in the planet and not seeing anyone do the work I felt like needed to be done to address the wrongs and the current infrastructure. And so I interviewed with startups in the space that would be who, who would you would put your money on would be the ones that would be doing the work. And I noticed that everyone was just following Patagonia's lead and nobody was acting about innovation and disruption as it relates to supply chain infrastructure or as it relates to creating a circular system 
and um and the, and the apparel industry in most companies are part of portfolio brands and so some companies are not even owned in like they're owned by like oil companies like they're the parent company so i just saw that there was this stagnation and disconnect and opportunity um to really innovate and it needed from me putting myself in the business side and becoming the founder and creating the vision and leading with it instead of just continuing to hope somebody else would do the things that needed to be done and so that was really where an act was born from Okay, that that's some great context, and now that's actually a good segue for me to ask Ashley that question. So the, this next question actually is, what was it about entrepreneurship and startup and innovation that wanted you to get into this field of work, and and why are you participating actively today? Yeah, great question. So I started not wanting to be in the entrepreneur space. I was doing marketing at a uh, large advertising agency working on a massive um, companies and brands um, in the like, Fortune 100 companies and kind of got bored. And um, I met into a girl who had moved out to San Francisco, started a company, and I was like, this looks fun. And so reached out, said, hey, I want to help. Um, and then fast forward, now I get enough of startups and cannot get enough uh, just trying to help um, somebody change the world because I definitely think that it really does only take like one small act, which is amazing because it's what an act stands for. But I truly believe that like every person has great ideas. And if someone has the ability and confidence to try to bring that idea to life, I'm just so attracted to that energy. And I just think that it's so wonderful and unique for someone to take that leap and be vulnerable to put their idea out there. Uh, and my, because I'm in the operation side of things, I love being there to like help build the foundation how do we scale up properly because the great thing about founders like brianna is that they are visionaries and they want to create a towel that changes the world for instance like we're doing with them and that's something that's really unique but having so i want to be there and like support and how do we actually do that how do you have the vision and how do you go forth and continue to spread that word while we can still run a sustainable business grow the business and then with an act you know, when Brianna and I met, I just was like, I love, I also hate the smell of mildewy towels, which is the good thing about the product that we sell. Also, uh, she had more than just, I want to create a towel company. It's so much more than that. How do you create the infrastructure for domestic textiles here in the U.S.? That creates jobs, that creates opportunities. There's so much more to that. And I think that just drew me in to say, how do we actually do that? Like, we've got a wonderful mm -hmm have a wonderful vision let's marry the two and figure out how we can do it so i did an entrepreneurship just was kind of bored at my regular nine to five job and apparently gotten for punishment but in the best type of way oh wow that is really really fascinating and you know speaking on that i want to double click the idea about taking an idea to life of course there has to be you know a walt disney there has to be a steve jobs who is thinking and is communicating the idea shout out brie but I feel like the people that don't get the much love are the operators, the Cheryl Sandbergs of the world, right? And like that operating genius that came into being able to actually put something into action. So it's like, how did y'all know that you were, you know, both of y'all were a fit? Ashley, I want to start with you and breathe low that a fit for y'all to like really mesh to make things roll in. Because like, of course, like when I met Bruni, it was before you came and she was already, you know, rolling. But like yeah. once you came in, oh, boom, target. Oh, boom, meet you on San Fran. Oh, boom. Okay, seeing this right over there. Oh, okay, in this pet show, like, like it just accelerated. It's been accelerating 
So I'm really like curious to understand like how are you able to really connect, mesh, and you know take things to the next level. Yeah. So I've been first employee or early employee at multiple startups now and have had um, really good one-on-one interfacing with all sorts of founders, um, good, bad, and ugly. Um, I love founders. Um, and I think in the experiences I've had, I've been able to deduce what I think are qualities that are going to make a successful founder um, and really make their, and in, in have that founder be able to like truly deliver against their vision. Um, and there are some qualities that I've just deduced of, you know, being able to, I think one of the big thing is having a founder that's open to outside opinions and voices to me is absolutely critical because you can get in this tunnel when you're at a founder early in a company and you, you can't hear the outside noise and maybe some of that reality. Um, and so having a founder that is open to hearing other people's opinions and isn't just, I'm right, I'm right, it right, it's my way or the highway to me is just an example of one of the qualities um, that I really look for when I've been wanting to work with founders. And Bree and I met at this networking event, um, Capital at the Capital, and then we connected, we went on a walk and I think, and I had my baby with me who I don't even know, he, had, he was like six months at the time and we did like a three or four mile like loop and she was one patient with the baby, which I appreciated. Um, and then we were just talking about books and the alchemist and she was so vulnerable and open about like, here's the struggles that I'm having, here's what I'm great at and here's where I need help and support. And I think to have that ability to say like, I know I can't do it all and I need the help is to was to me such a breath of fresh air because so often um, founders want to try to do it all. And I think you can until a certain point and you either recognize that you need the assistance and bring in that support or you don't and you can flounder. And I think that's where some of the the founder downfall, you know, takedowns or whatever that you see is a little bit of founders getting in their own way. And so what I loved about Bree just off the bat was her vulnerability, willing and wanting to take help and asking for it. Like I need need support. I need this. How can you help? Um, And then just the mission of what she was working on. Yeah. Bree, same question to you. Like, how did you know that Ashley was a fit and, you know, what has her expertise, her knowledge, her, her background has helped you elevate not just as a business owner, but also as a person, as a human being. Oh, I think that it's funny Ashley saying about vulnerability because that's what I despise most in the world is being vulnerable. And so I think really? I absolutely, oh my gosh, I want to like jump out of my body when I have to like ask for help. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because I had feedback given that was like founders vision stop when founders are really not willing to continue to grow the things through the obstacles that are preventing them. And so like, I realized, I was like, this is only going to go so far if I cannot lean in and be vulnerable and ask for help and trust that. And so that I think with Ashley, what helped us connect, I mean, well, one, we picked out her son Halloween costume um, at this networking event. She was like, this is my son. And we have like a Halloween costume. And then I think we were just, we went on that walk and I'm trying to think if there was, I think the moment for me was that we, I had a, we had a trade show in Kansas city and I was like, I need help. And our wholesale person is not going to be able to do it. And Ashley's like, I'll do it. And I'm like, wow. So she flew to Kansas city. I met her. We worked this trade show together and then we had dinner and while we were eating dinner, we were just talking about the lives that we envisioned for ourselves. And 
Ashley was like, I want an extraordinary life. Like I'm living an extraordinary life. And I said, same, that is what I, I go big. And I think that moment for me really, I felt at peace because I was like, this is somebody who Ashley was, has been a competitive gymnast. Like she is phenomenal work ethic. She gets the job done when it needs to be done. But also that I felt this safe space. She's not going to cripple my growth and she's not going like I've met other operators who are very, well, what does the investor want? And what is, you know, we have to play these rules by what everyone expects us to play. And that has always felt frustrating because at the end of the day, like we get to design what this looks like. And so, right. you know, following what everyone expects of us, I feel like, why did we leave working corporate to do that? Um, and so I feel like with Ashley on that trip, I really, the person who's going to get to be a human and a woman and who wants to have all these things in her personal life but she's also going to push me professionally and she's going to um allow for big visions to happen and dreams and also tactically get it done and not just and so i think that was just felt good because I, I see a lot of people who have these visions but just don't take action and make it happen and i felt this camaraderie with Ashley where we were like okay and I think also we balanced each other out like we're I'm like yes let me ground myself and put my hands in the soil and Ashley's like could it be me could it not be me <laughs> <laughs> like we went off of that we're come in and be like da, 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 da. and I'll be like shall we meditate now <laughs> yeah oh that's that's really beautiful like yo that's really, really dope. Um, okay. Okay. But without the last bit of the one, that, I think that's the most critical. Ashley and the, like when things happen, like at, at that Ashley and I both said, regardless of who's looking or what's going on, if we see something that like pains our heart, we're going to like do something about it. And we both were like, it doesn't matter like what culture says, whatever's happening. Like we both. I would say, or ride or dies for the thing I care about. And I don't see that very often. And I, mm -hmm. yeah, it teared me up, but that would be also probably the, that's the most valuable um, part. Actually, okay. Speaking about values, like that's a really good segue. How, how does one, you know, operator slash entrepreneur founder develop values in their life in order to be able to follow them in order to quote unquote succeed? Right, because that's something to notice is like everybody's like understands and knows the, the value of their corporate institution, their school, any of that. But it's harder for to ask somebody else like what their values are. So how does one practically, since you're the tactical practical person, establish values to then then follow them to follow those in their life? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a hard question. Um you know, I think values in the startup world, boundaries are critical, right? It's easy to get um, caught up in a lack of work-life balance. A the, the business comes first and you're doing everything you can and you're trying as hard, um, but that kind of can come at a sacrifice. And um, from my personal experience, um, I, I had a, a negative um, kind of experience experience where it just my whole world became a company and and I it, 
ended up with some, you know, just personal, a lot of personal changes that were really hard for me to go through, but that forced me to take a step back and like set those boundaries with myself and say like, who are the type of founders and people that I want to be working with and what are their values and then do we align there? Um, and that was like step one, just setting those boundaries, knowing that, you know what, I do want this extraordinary life, but I also really want a family and I want to be able to show up to my niece and nephew's birthday parties. And I want to be able to go do these things with my friends and finding what motivates me and and what is important to me. And I think um, I, I had the opportunity to do um, a professional development training. And I don't think it's around anymore. It's called the Human Performance Institute in Orlando. It was at the time owned by Johnson and Johnson and their whole thing was like purpose, um, purpose, truth, and action. And so I, through this course, I was able to like dissect, like what motivates me and what drives me and then how do I reset? And I think the reset to me was the number one thing. And they said, and I'm sorry if you can hear my baby in the background. Uh, more than, hey, no, no apologies. No apologies. You know, they said, if you think about a professional athlete spend 90% of their time training and 10% of their time performing. But we as corporate professionals spend 90% of our time performing and 10% training. And it's really what Ted, and if you think about it, that's you not taking care of yourself, right? Like you have to have the rest. You have to have the recovery. Serena Williams isn't going to go out and win all of her grand slams if she's not taking care of her body and doing the training and putting in the reps every day, why don't we apply the same thing to corporate America that professional athletes do or who are performing at the highest level? And that was just like a really big aha moment. And kind of that week that I got to experience um, came on the heels of kind of this big life change that I had had where I took a step back and be like, I know what makes me kind of reset and recover. And that's experiencing new things, whether that's a new restaurant, ideally going to travel somewhere, reading a book, just getting to experience something allows me to reset and define, making sure that I'm holding true to showing up for the people that I need to show up for. Um, because then that helps me show up in the workplace. Because if I can't show up at home, I can't show up at the workplace. And I, if I can't show up at work properly, I'm not going to show up at home. It's also interconnected, especially when you're in a startup, especially when you're in build mode. Um, and so I think for me, the values just come into, at the end of the day, you want to wake up and you know do better than you did the day before. And for me, especially now having, I have a 16 month old, oh, I'm going to get emotional. But it's like everything I want to do is for him, right? Like, how do I leave the world a better place for him? And and that's what I think about when I met Brianna Nact is I don't want this climate crisis to be something that he's having to suffer even more consequences of, right? Like, um, and I think it just allows you to step back and you have to say, how do I recover? How do I take care of myself? What's important? And then that extends just inherently into the work you do from a professional side, um, but it can't come at the expense of your personal life and those personal relationships, because those are people are going to be there when things go bad. They're going to be there when things go good, but you need them when things go bad because things aren't always good all the time. Um, and I think I had a, an awakening of that, um, which I hope no one ever would have to deal with, but it caused me to know that, you know, what's important to me is is the people that I surround myself with and I have to prioritize them as well as prioritize myself and setting those boundaries. Yeah. Thank you for vulnerability, for sharing that. And I think that it's so insightful. Um, and that's now, wow. I'm just going to let it sit. Let it breathe. My heart chakra is activated. All right. <laughs> Nah, for real, like, oh man, no wonder why you're a fit, y'all are fit. Okay, this makes sense, Bree, this makes sense. Um, 
Wow. As all things like I can hear you just like woke up from his nap, so I can like kinda hear him at the background. So I'm like, oh Oh man, uh, that because honestly that, that was gonna be a question I was gonna ask a little bit later on, but you kinda answered it like, you know, how has motherhood like changed who like, you know, how you move and how you operate in the world, right? Obviously, Bree, you're not like a mother yet, but honestly technically you are because like a nap is your child. Like, I don't think no nobody really talks about how entrepreneurship you're giving you this birth of as an idea it, it is your baby right and i mean i feel like any founder or artist who can relate to this idea of creating something and putting it out into the world it's um it's a beautiful conjunction right and so yeah anyway Bree, you know my next question is what what inspires you and what motivates you mm-hmm. I think for me, I, you know, going back to the alchemist, I'm a huge fan that everything is happening for us, not to us. And so I'm a believer in connecting the dots. And so when I look back on my life and opportunities and experiences I've had, I ask why, why did that, what was I there? What was I learning? And I think that the way that my life unfolded is I had this unique opportunity to be able to see how our clothes were made that many people have never seen and, and might not ever see. And so when I really reflect, reflected over the years, I've always felt this calling to educate and have people understand how this process works and who is negatively impacted um, just to be able to like have all of these clothes in the stores and in our closets. And that has been a main driver for me, I think, is always um, how do we share people's voices who would not be heard otherwise? And regard, and I think the apparel industry is just that's the industry I've been focused on. But I think that's a theme throughout my life of what inspires me is who is not, who is being overlooked, who is not who suffering um, because nobody's speaking up and saying something for them. And so... And that is just a driver for me is like feeling when I feel someone's pain or suffering, I stand up and say, okay, this is not right. And this is what we need to do to fix this. And that's just been who I was as a child. Um, since I was a little girl was like, Hey, that's not okay. And I'm going to step up and I'm going to say that. And that's like what my parents have always said. They're like, yeah, you were always on school playground, like telling the boys to back off and, you know, just very very vocal little girl and Brianna being strong and Irish so I don't know if there's like some play into that but I would say like right now I'm super driven to educate people about this industry but I think my life work is ultimately always around how do we um, help others and help and reduce the suffering that's going on in our world this is just the lens in which I'm currently operating and doing that literally you being of service which is the highest act of devotion right like in like yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's that's uh good i mean well it's not crazy because i mean life is about about helping others people so what oh go ahead well what's that for ash 
no, no, I, I was just, I, I was just like leaving that that note. So, like, you know, y'all are both operating at your highest level, um, which is like to be of service. Well, and I think you know that when you read what people when they look back on their lives, people don't remember the report, they don't remember the marketing campaign, but they remember how you feel. And I think that how you do anything is how you do everything. And so for us, yeah, being a startup is incredibly insane experience and emotional roller coaster. Um, but we have to be grateful that there's this opportunity that we get to make better products and put them out the world. We get to discuss the infrastructure and bringing it back here. And I think if you look at it as a lens of gratitude, to be on this experience that would love to be on that might be too afraid or you know, might have other things going on that prevent them from doing it. It allows you to really enjoy the experience. And I think you can be in service in everything that you do, but just being grateful, like sometimes, you know, sitting in Capital Factory, everyone's running around trying to figure out how do I get the next exit? How do I get to this next place? And not really enjoying the opportunity to create something new and to birth it into the world and to continue to grow it and meet other people who care about this work and work together and utilize our skill sets like that's a gift all of that is a gift and I think something that yeah Ashley always was like whoa like this is so wild about Brianna which I don't know if I've ever seen Tanaka but I was kidnapped when I was 22 working in East Africa and I survived that experience and I came out on the other side because I chose to come out on the other side and coming going through that a near life or a near death experience, you really don't have anything to lose after that. The things that you think are that the startup world wants to scare you, investors, valuations, pitches, failure, none of it, none of it's scary, scary anymore because the opportunity to do it and repositioning and looking to say failure is not failing. It's just not doing it. That, you know, is what pushes me to go forward. And then when we have like a met a group of men in suits who want to like talk down to us and tell us we don't know anything about this startup world or not startup world, but you know how to run a company and hit all of this type of ROI that they're for. It's like okay, thank you. You're not the reset. We will now go to the next person and the next opportunity. But this doesn't stop us and it doesn't scare us. And I think that that's like the key component that so many founders who are at a disadvantage, I hope realize is like that that's, that's meant to scare you, but it doesn't stop you. Um, right. You know, you just have to be like, okay, thank you. Not the right one. Also, this is a gift. This is a gratitude. This is an opportunity. So many people would love to be in our position and this is not, don't let it scare you off. Mm -hmm. uh, that's beautiful. Well, for my final question, I'm going to go to Ashley. Um, first, what's a, what's one challenge that you want the audience to embark on in their life? One challenge that I want the audience to embark on um, in their life. How they can do one simple act every day or every week that makes a difference. Um, just how do they wake up every day and do one thing that they maybe didn't do the day before? So maybe that's looking up and then seeing in their community or, or 
I, I did the, I do this a ton. Um, for example, like I really want to start volunteering. I really want to start volunteering every year. I'm going to start volunteering. And then it, the year comes and goes because life gets in the way. Right. And, and people get busy. Um, and so it, it's easy to let the things that seem really daunting, like a, I'm going to volunteer. It seems like this big arching thing when it could just be just wake up every day and do one simple act, make it something, whether, you know, if there's leave an extra tip, right? Like if you're going to get a cup of coffee, you know, get buy products that are better for the environment. You know, if you see a community that you're interested in, that's a disadvantage that you know how to help, or there's a connection that you can make, do that because that extra two minutes of your day is going to make you feel so much better. And it's going to have a compounding positive impact and paying it forward. Um, and so it doesn't have to be daunting to, to just do a simple act, you know, every day, every week, whatever it is. Um, but those little things build um, and compound together over time. And that's really where you start to see the change. And that's where beautiful things happen. It's just when everybody can come together through simple acts, because every what's important to one person is different to someone else. But when everybody is working towards that same just general mission of like simple acts can change the world, we're just a happier, better, more joyful society. And I think we need that. Um, things can get really really grim and scary and so but simple acts every day are really not that challenging if you you really take a step back and you know people want to make an impact and don't know how so just start small beautiful thank you for sharing Bree. yourself yeah i mean i think dovetailing off of what ashley said is that i i think in our culture we really focus on perfection and and that's what prevents so many people from taking steps in their life is, is it going to be perfect? You know, are they going to like the media? Um, and if they don't, that, then there's like so much shame around it. So it just like stops people in their tracks from moving and doing anything. And I think if I can leave anyone with, you know, wisdom today, it's like wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. The card, however, the cards are and I have, I had someone else's cards. It's like, would you take all of what they have though? And that's like a, like reset yourself and say, okay, do I want all of it? Nope. Cause you don't get to pick and choose. So here are the cards I've been dealt. Here are the cards Ashley's been dealt. Here are the cards you have to knock up. Now it's like finding the people who are in alignment with your values and building towards your dreams and the things that you care about and doing it is a community. I, I think this idea of being self-made is a fallacy. We're community made. And so really leaning in into reducing this fear of perfection, shame, and having to do it by yourself. And find people who care about your values and working together to help each other. I truly believe energy is currency. And so we don't always have to, you know, have hire people from the outside and have all of this, you know, this barrier around what we're doing. Like there's ways in which people, all of us can come together, whether it's your family or your friends and work together to create. And so, um, I don't know if that made sense, but I hope that that leaves people with knowing that like you are, you are where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. and crush it, but it's through working with the people who care in the same way that you do 
that ultimately I think is is the strongest way to do it. Absolutely. Well, I just want to leave this last segment. It's called the Speak Life segment. Uh, really, inaptly, I'm just so grateful, eternally grateful for you all to have shared your presence, your wisdom, your background, your story, the reason why you move the way you move. Um, very, I'm grateful that it happened the way today. And it could not have happened any other day. Um, I'm so honored and I'm so inspired by both of y'all. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for just sharing your story, your heart, and your light into the world. And so much gratitude, y'all. Thank you so much deeply. I'm going to call Ashley and cry after this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I'm so honored and I'm so excited to see your growth, your continued dream unfold and be part and help assist any way that we can. You know, we're here for you and we're like running your Austin, we got you. Um and yeah, I think that the future is really bright and because of people like you. And I'm just so grateful for your presence. Except to never see that. Well, where can the people find you at? Find it. What's up? Let it say now. Follow us at Enact Global on Instagram, uh, websites enactglobal.com. We have a huge event with Patagonia next month, July 17th, at the Paramount. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> so. If you're in Austin, please come. We have the jog, 5K jog, July 8th to promote the event. That's a free jog. Um, but you can find Amazon Prime, Get Wayfair. Um, we're in retailers as well. But um, if you have any questions, reach out to us. We're an open book on how to answer anything on the brand or the products and the vision. And um, yeah, Ashley, anything I'm missing? No, that's it. And at global.com. And at global.com. All right, y'all. Until next time, peace, light, and love. And we are. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hope you were able to take something away from this. Until next time, follow Iconic Conversations on Instagram and Tava Multimedia Group on Instagram as well. Share with your friends, family, or anybody else who you think needs this conversation. Until next time, peace.